0: what happens when a guy from the city accidentally contacts a guy from the country it's not what you think they strike up a conversation and same difference is created jd and Corey talk the whole gamut of life as they each see it through the prism of race one is a six foot four black man and one is a five foot four white man Tune in and find out which is which. Agree or disagree, they will make you think, strike emotional chords, and more. Stick around. You might just learn something. Welcome to Same Difference with your hosts, J.D. and Corey. We're sharing our stories and how our stories impacted our approach to life. We take our perspectives into having dialogue about real-life topics. This is my host, my co-host, JD Moss. JD. Welcome. Great to be
1: here. Thank you, Corey.
0: Thank we are you. Doing it. Finally, finally. So let's tell everybody how we started. How did this whole thing happen? We talked about it in the intro, but tell them how it happened.
1: Well. First, I want to just send a shout out to DJ FMI, Kiana the Goddess, VPR Radio, for giving us the platform and uh, coaching us along the way um, for launching this and, you know, presenting us to the world. So thank you to them.
0: Thank you. We couldn't do this without you. And for all of you who are paying attention to what you're either seeing or listening to, Kiana and DJ FMI are the ones, they got it going on. And on top of that, they've got programming that you'll be interested in checking out. We'll give those details at the
1: bottom of the show. Yes. So Corey, how'd we get started? You had a birthday, my friend. And I saw this Corey May pop up on my phone through my LinkedIn, said, Corey May has a birthday. I see a picture. It's very small on my phone. (laughs) It's got a black man with a bald head. (laughs) And I say, happy birthday, K-May, because not too long before that, a few years ago, I had been in constant conversation with a Corey May spelling his name just like you about working together and doing some things together. Uh, And the brother is from East St. Louis and is doing great work in in um, trauma-based therapy. And so I just wanted to, you know what, let me just reach out to him. And your response was, thank you, how are you? And I said, I'm well, moved to Florida, still working on my book and anti-racism st- stuff. And you went, for Florida, yikes. I said, yep. <laughs> and you said, let's look to talk soon. I'd like to learn more about your approach. And I went, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and then I clicked on your profile. And I went, holy shit, this is not the same person that I thought I was talking to. <laughs> so I responded, I'd love that. We exchanged emails and then phone numbers and we talked. And the first night we both expressed the desire to have some level of podcast, not together yet, just both of us talking. Right. And we said, you know what, let's go to sleep on it. And if something pops up, let's let's figure that out. And as for me, from my side, as I was thinking that night, like, wait a second, a black man grew up in Iowa. Gotta be around a bunch of white folks. <laughs> and I grew up around a bunch of black folks because my parents purposely wanted to raise me that way. Hmm, what if we got to know each other? And when I reached out to you, you were like, I'm thinking along those same lines. What same difference. Each other? <laughs> and same difference was born. Right. the The
0: interesting thing about that is that here we are working together. And very rarely does something just come together, come together. like this. I mean, a lot of times we're just pushing a rock up a hill, (laughs) trying to trying to push a rope up a hill and it doesn't come together like this. And now here we are. Setting on the first episode of our podcast, same difference. So I want to I want to pick up on something that you were talking about, how you grew up around black folks. You grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. Yes, U-City to be exact, hence the shirt. All right. I'm going to ask you about that. So for those of you who don't know, I grew up in Iowa City, which is almost four hours due north of St. Louis. Right. We're on 218 or whatever. We call it 218 in Iowa. Um, it's, it's a straight line. And he grew up around black people. I grew up around white people. So let's get after it. You are wearing a T-shirt about your... 30th? 30th high school reunion. Yes. Go on back to high school. Tell me all about this.
1: I'm curious. So (laughs) there was a clip the other day about how much St. Louis people love talking about they're from St. Louis. And this was on a... um, on some podcast or some drop on a Facebook Live. And they said the only people who love talking about they're from, you know, where they're from more than St. Louis is U-City. We are a, almost a cult-like community um, in the ma- in the way that we love each other, the way that we push each other to be the best version of ourselves, the way that we talk t- you know, stuff, and we kind of try and lead and set trends and all of those things, we, you know, pushed ourselves greatly. And so high school was a big fashion show. It was about being the best version. It w- it was also U-City's uniqueness in St. Louis, which is extremely, extremely divided and segregated. U-City was sort of the only home of kind of diversity, especially around the time I grew up. You know, to the south of, UC- of Lu- in St. Louis is mostly white, to the north is mostly black, to the west is kind of Jewish and more well-to-do, and then you have East St. Louis across the river, yeah, right. and you got the same sort of dynamic going on there. Um, and it's in U-City, We were kind of willing to go deep into, you know, one area and deep into another area in the same day and be ourselves and kind of fit in and meld in how we needed to. And we took pride in that, right? I know a lot of people that don't want to leave their neighborhoods, whether they're white and don't want to go into the city, whether they're in the city and black and don't want to go into the county, and we, we're different in that manner. And we pushed ourselves to think we were the entertainment gurus. We pushed ourselves if we were, if there was drug dealing, we pushed ourselves to be the best and, and <laughs> brought that aspect. Like we, every, every aspect we, we pushed ourselves to kind of be great and talk shit like we were great.
0: I got a question for you.
1: Go ahead. So who was your rival? Who was your rival high school? our rival high school was Normandy High School. Okay. Normandy was like, you're definitely predominantly black, um, more, uh, you know, had a more of an edge to themselves than us, very nearby us as far as proximity. And we got into fights Every single basketball game, whether it was at our place or their place, and they had a beautiful like arena for their place. And on the, in our tenth grade year, because I'm five foot three and can't jump over a penny, I didn't play basketball. But all of my friends did, right? I hung out with some of the most popular people in the in the school, and they were the basketball players, and they, you know, and so. I ended up being, so that I could go to every game for free, I ended up being the guy taking the stats down for turnovers and assists, 10th grade year for our JV team. And during the middle of the game, of the senior game, uh, uh, or um, varsity game, the crowd starts screaming and coming down like dominoes onto the floor because there is a fight going on up there. And then all of a sudden more fights break out and then more fights break out. And next thing I know I'm pushed up against the wall and it's just fights going on. And that was the end of Normandy playing U-City for several years before they could get it together. Yes. Oh my. And yep, I remember that bus ride home. I remember the coach coming, looking for me like, hey, Yellow white ass is not gonna get hurt on my <laughs> my, my watch. <laughs> Damn it! Get your ass into this locker room right now before you get me in some trouble I don't want to deal with. Oh, okay, all right.
0: Now let's let's go on back. Now that we've established who your rivals are, let's talk about your reunion. Did you share a bunch of those memories with no uh a, about uh, your interactions with Normandy? What other schools were close by? And let's start getting into those stories.
1: Right, so another school that was close by was Ledoux, which Ledoux is one of the wealthiest neighborhoods, right? But Ledoux also includes like this other middle class uh, where a large community of Black folks is called Olivet, which is right next to U City. so just to the west of us is Olivet and Ledoux is just south of them. And that was our um, inner division rival as well. Mm -hmm. And we knew a lot of those folks. We hung out with a lot of those folks and and whatnot. And so we had a really good rivalry there. Uh, But I'll say it, the refs uh, were white (laughs) at Ledoux. And a lot of times, you know, we didn't get the same calls that they did, mm-hmm. uh, especially when we were playing on their court. And it was a very interesting dynamic. And, you know, growing up in in U-City, 50% black, 50% white, basically, although you could probably make it 49, 49, and 2% Asian. Um, High school, though, was about 90, 93% Black, because Mm -hmm. most of the white parents sent their kids to private schools. So even in in Ladue and all of that, public school was much more representative of a mixed population, right, right? whereas a lot of the white wealthier parents could send their children to private institutions. And so that's a dynamic that just takes place that kind of reflects this whole American dynamic on race.
0: All right, so we're gonna come we're gonna come back to the the private school thing. You've been back uh, for your thirtieth reunion. What is the first memory that you have? when you go back for your 30th year? Who reminded you of something that you had forgotten? And
1: can you tell that story? Who reminded me? That's a great question. Um, I think most of us talked about uh, our little league baseball experience, right? That was a big topic because we had some good rivalries amongst that And there was a team, our team was coached by Mr. Stevenson, whose son, both two sons, um, out of the three boys that they had were in my class in the year right behind us and both played on our team. Um, And we were kind of the second best team in, in the division. The best team was Rufus Morris team. And, uh, so we got to see a bunch of them and talk stories about when we finally beat them and and whatnot. And uh, that was that was a big topic. And then there was also, um, you know, so we as as our group of friends, we called ourselves the FOTIs, the freaks of the industry, based on the song by Digital Underground, right? <laughs> and we hung out with a group of of girls and to see them again and just kind of rehash some of those, some of those, um, you know, stories of just hanging out together and the things that we did. You know, we talked about going into certain other neighborhoods to their parties and making them uncomfortable at different times. We had, those were kind of the main conversations. But it, it also brought back like some things. It, one of the funniest things that happened was at the barbecue on the last day, a woman brought a TV and, and an old VHS of our uh, senior trip. And she was arguing with Nelly and me and one other guy. And it, right, mind you, right, I am the only white face in there. And I, you can just see me. I'm like this. I can't. We can't hear it, but I'm. And they watch me from a from a thirty year removal of this point, and to watch me be so comfortable, not thinking one moment about white, black, anything. I'm just in it. I'm talking. You know, these are people I grew up with, so right. I have this relationship. It's nothing like that. And to just watch me doing that, and then think of it from a, what would people think of, you know, who just were looking at it kind of thing. Uh, it was a beautiful kind of moment to just feel good about my comfort level in that setting and their comfort level with me, not really thinking about, Oh, at this point in our lives, this is the white boy.
0: We're talking with Dr. J.D. Moss and, uh, He's telling us about his 30th high school reunion. Now, just a couple of seconds ago, you brought up a name that I haven't heard in a little while, Nelly. Now, is this yes. the same Nelly that we're talking about from St. Louis? This is the same Nellie, yes? This is
1: Country Grammar, yes.
0: Country Grammar. Country
1: Bill, yes. So and you grew up with him. I grew up with him. We were best of friends, part of the FOTI crew. Um, And uh, so Nelly moved into U-City in the seventh grade or right before the seventh grade. Um, He and who my best friend was since I was four, Shondo uh, started to become close, probably through sports, uh, basketball and whatnot. And right before high school, um, Nelly started to come over to my place. He lived not too far away, and we developed a connection together. Um, I can remember because he he was the most talented person in our school by far, if, <clears throat> across the board, so to speak, right? Best football player, you know, best one of the best three-point shooters and fastest kind of AI-like basketball player. And um, baseball, we thought he was gonna be replacing Ozzie Smith one day as the shortstop. But um, he was so fast and he would run home with like five minutes to before <laughs> or something. And he was almost a mile away from my home, about five to six minutes or seven minutes, whatever it was. And he would run home and, and call me up so I could hear Sanford and Son playing to know that he got home in that fast of a time. Um, and so, yeah, he and I just, we developed a great friendship. Uh, like I said, Shando and I were the core of of our crew in a way, because since four years old, when my parents moved back to St. Louis where they grew up, uh, we were next door neighbors. And then um, he and his older brother and I were were best friends, so. So, did Nelly come back for the thirtieth reunion too? No, Nelly was performing during that time, um, uh, and so he did not make it back. Um, the year before that, uh, we were supposed to have a FOTI kind of reunion, and I well, we did have one. I just had to cancel last second, and about seven of them, six or six of them, went out to. Um, or no, about six or seven of them, went out to Vegas. And it just so happened, we weren't kind of planning it this way, but it just so happened as we were planning it, Nelly had a concert out there and they got to go to the concert and he got to experience being around them again. And you could see some of the Nelly Nell, U-City comfort back in him instead of just the Nelly persona that he has right. to carry around it and whatnot.
0: So So how big was your graduating class and how many of your classmates were able to show up back up?
1: Uh, Our graduating class was about 200 and some, uh, 230 about. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And I would say at least half of that showed up. Now, also, some people dropped out, got their degree GEDs or, you know, went to the, into the workforce and, and also some of those we still recognized as part of the class also came. I would say at least a hundred some odd people were at the reunion in and out of different parts of it for sure.
0: What was your most memorable moment and then <coughs> what was the most which of your classmates uh, had changed the most in 30 years? So we'll do those two questions. The first one, what was your most memorable moment? And then the second one was, um, which of your classmates had changed the most?
1: All right. So um, which of them changed the most? Hmm. Huh, that is an interesting question. Uh, most memorable moment of the actual um reunion, of the, reunion. Mm-hmm. the most memorable moment was probably the first night where we were just all happy to see each other and trying to remember each other's names and. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man. <laughs> right. Man, brother. And then, and then I go up to the woman that really was the lead organizer of it. And I'm like, hey, you know, who is that over there? Who is that? And that looked like somebody. And she gave me the wrong name of somebody. And she was like, but she was confident because I know this. I know I got this right. And so uh she gave me the wrong name. And, and I, I'm glad he kind of played it off because I called him something different. And I thought he was who he was, but it was, you know, I, I got to go with what she said. This is the organizer. Who am I to argue with that? Um, <laughs> but the me- most memorable moment was just that. Um, I would say one of the one of the uh, people that changed the most changed quite quickly out of high school. He was one of the largest uh, guys as far as overweight um, goes uh, wasn't, was, you know, we love, we all loved each other. So to say somebody's more popular or not, you know, but wasn't one of the most popular people in our class. Uh, but he literally, I mean, went from shoe sliding to joining the, uh, the armed forces to get in shape. And now, like, I'm pretty sure he's a trainer of some sort. And that's, kind of amazing now Mm -hmm. that transformation happened early um but uh but yeah to see him back in that light and to to know where he came from and that he put that that effort into that and has maintained it you know better than certainly i have um is uh is something you know to be said for
0: tell me about the, the favorite foods for this kind of weekend anytime you go back home, you always got to grab your favorite foods before uh, you go to the formal event. What were your right. favorite foods, and are they still
1: around? So, one, I'm vegan now for 17 years, and I was eating everything on the pig from the ruta to the tuta back then. Um, but the, the interesting thing about that was St. Louis probably has the best Chinese rice, right? Fried rice of anywhere. It's cooked in soy sauce or something that makes it dark. We used to joke that, you know, kind of the, the dirtier looking the restaurant or the more just hole in the wall, I won't say dirty, but the more hole in the wall restaurant it was, um it uh the the better the rice right and you almost knew they hadn't cleaned the walk in like 42 days or something because this was like dirty looking rice but boy we loved it so much when i lived in la we would and some of my other friends would would lived with there when we flew home we would go get rice, put it in big old Ziploc bags and bring it back to everybody like that, that is the thing. And, you know, some of the families that whose children went to school with us owned some of the most popular ones that are still there, Lamb's Garden, Changhua. those, I mean, they were still there. And so yes, having Seeing that, and everybody talking about, yes, I had to go get me some lamb's garden before I came uh was the kind of thing so and it's did, a, you it, to, it, did, did you go to did you go to Lamb's garden and get you some rice? I did not this time, but everybody else talked about it yes
0: very cool, very cool, so
1: were any of your teachers at this reunion? One teacher uh came who was a very popular English teacher um, uh, who was also a U City grad. Um, we didn't, re- I didn't recognize that she was uh, very young in her teaching days when we first started there. Um, and her name was Miss Neville, and she was a church-going woman. And her, you know, wh- one of the things we all remembered about her was she would say about herself no ring a ding ding without the ring. And so, <laughs> uh, but she was, you know, everybody loved her and she loved us. And it was apparent even when she came and gave a speech to us uh, at, at our, you know, main dinner event uh, that Saturday night. So that was a beautiful thing. Nice. Wow. So my turn. Go ahead. What's high school like in Iowa City for a six foot four black <laughs> man?
0: <laughs> All right, when I graduated in nineteen eighty five, my best friend and I were the only two black men that graduated from Iowa City high schools that year. Now, there are three at at that time in nineteen eighty five there were three high schools. There was city high, which was the older school that had been there for forever city high school then there was west high my alma mater that opened in 69 or 70 and then there was regina high school which was the catholic high school now we've got a new school up in north liberty which is a suburb north of us uh called liberty high school and my son graduated from West High in 2013. And what what was amazing about that was that school had become much larger in terms of uh, population. Uh, and the other part of it was there are far more black folks. There It was far more diverse, far, far more diverse. Now, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah um uh, i would think there were jeez mm, when xavier graduated oh there were he had more than there were more than two black kids i can easily right. say that there were there were lots of them our football team is was pretty much half black at that time when he was going to school there um i can tell you the city limits ended right next to West High. You could look out in 1985, you could look out of one of the the windows and there was a pasture right there. There was a silo and you could see cows. (laughs) Now it's a now it's a wealthy subdivision.
1: Okay.
0: (laughs) It's a significantly wealthy subdivision. Um it was it was hard. West High was a good school, is still a good school, but at the same time, uh, socially, it was it was awful. Um, dating life, didn't really have one. I was in extracurriculars. I was a high school debater, as well as in show choir.
1: Yeah, 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 show choir. Oh, so we're going to get a song from you later. No,
0: ahead. no, 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 no singing. <laughs> my, my singing days are done. <laughs> but what it taught me it taught me so many skills in terms of how to just simply be there were there were the regular kind of groups that you would see there you, there were the jocks there were the nerds there were the preps the rich kids the poor kids the, the all the performing arts kids slash theater kids they were all there and did we always all get along? No. Were there some days when you wanted to just go upside somebody's head? Yeah. But at the same time, I have quite a number of friends that I'm still in contact with. Most of them I've known much like you since I was three and four years old. Elementary school kids that I've known forever. I knew uh, there's a A guy that I went to preschool with that I talked to a couple of times a week and text almost every day. There's another guy that I was in kindergarten with, and we talk at least once or twice a week. My best friend from high school, we message probably three, four times a week as well. So these lasting friendships are a part of me. And when I I, I miss my friends... And uh, some of them get it. Some of them don't. And when right. I say get it, some of them understand that I am black. Right. <laughs> some of them need some coaching. My best friend from high school, Rich, is he gets it. His father was a professor at the University of Iowa. So let's jump back for a second. Much like you had University City and uh Proximity to Wash and St. Louis U.
1: Correct. Washington University for yeah was right in U. City.
0: So, <clears throat> Iowa City is built around the University of Iowa, right? And interaction moving back and forth between the the city and the the school. It's always there. When you have a university in your backyard, there's the expectation that you're going to go to college. There's no deviation from that. You're going to go to school. Um, Let's see. One of the things I loved about this town is there was always something to do. There was never a dull moment. And if you were bored, as my mother would say, boredom is a choice. All right. There's a public library where you can go learn something. There's all kinds of facilities there. And if you want to get involved with the university, there's university facilities available. Take advantage of everything that's going around in your community and you find yourself enriched.
1: So go ahead. going back to, did you play any sports? No, uh, no. No, but I, you long
0: stories, long story.
1: But, <laughs> but you yeah, love sports.
0: Though. I love sports, absolutely yeah. love sports, and that's uh it's it's a passion of mine. I love sports, and when you have a, a big ten university in your backyard, you right. get to know you get to know staff and faculty, your kids. Their kid may have gone to school with you. Yeah. Um, athletes, you often got to know them because your friends were in the administration of the university. So you might meet the football players, the basketball players, the wrestlers, all of that. And that you take that for granted until you go to a place where you don't have that. And then you're feeling that absence and going, wow, wow, that's did, profound. Did high school sports,
1: was that big for you or much more on the college level because you were right in there?
0: Well, to be honest, that when my eldest son, Xavier, uh, developed into quite a bit of an athlete, he uh, it, it pulled me back into being a football dad, show choir Uh, dad too. He was in show choir too. Second generation show choir, yo. Let me tell you about that. Now, people may say that show choir isn't anything. What I wanted my children and all my children, I wanted to have them become comfortable being in front of people, right? being able to communicate, being able to perform. So that nervousness and that fear is gone yeah. because there's going to be a time in your life when you have to do a presentation in front of people. Boom. You've got that skill and you've had that skill. That fear of public speaking is knocked out of you because you've been doing that and performing in front of crowds since you were a little kid. Right. Um. So getting back to this with my son, Xavier being a football dad was, was pretty cool watching him grow and develop, and he ended up playing small college football at Rhodes College in Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. And driving down to see some games was really cool. The drive... So I will drive through St. Louis to get to Memphis. Absolutely. And that was... That was a, a good trip, and... Memphis. I'm all. So here's one of those weird things about me. I'm fascinated by river towns. I love river towns and Memphis is on the river on the Mississippi. So seeing that and getting some historical context of the value of the city and the value of the river That That's meaningful to me now. We'll probably get back to that a little bit later. But sure. watching Xavier play sports was really cool as far as I was concerned because he was a pretty good athlete. It was nice to have that. I still – no, I gave up his high school jerseys. He's been out of school now for 10 years. He graduated in 13. Yeah, he's been
1: out of high school for 10 years. Unbelievable. So, um, I picture you now in this movie, Soul Man. Have you seen the movie where these white guys, they they got shit for it, but these white guys took some super tanning pills or something and became, and one of, you know, or one of them did at least, I can't remember. It's been a long time, but they were, oh, they went to Harvard. They got in through like the affirmative action or something like that because they had the black skin. And they were invited to be on the basketball team. You guys must be on the basketball team. Was there any of like this invitation for you to to be a part of sports because of oh. let's be honest because of race?
0: Not so much because of race, but because I was tall um sure. but i never I never went out with it uh went out for basketball or any of the sports. There were some um very high my mother had very high expectations. Of me, and it, it was, um, and is a point of some tension between us. Uh, she wanted me to have a four point before I could go out for sports, uh-huh. and I was like, that's a little bit unreasonable expectation. Um, but it certainly would have been for me. Well. It, yeah and 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 to that degree, I know what Mom wanted to do, but at the same time that was uh that was that was painful so
1: for me um, so will you share what Mom wanted to do oh mom wondering? wanted
0: me Mom didn't want me to be my dad was a physical therapist. And he had seen a lot of sports injuries and they didn't want me to be all broken down and beaten up and stuff like that. Um, And, and for the most part, I really can agree with that. I would have liked to have participated uh, to understand more fully what it feels like to be part of a team. Yeah. That would be a thing. However, I, I was on the debate team and Before anybody else mocks that, debate (laughs) is one of those things that uh, gets a, a bad rap or you get typecast as being a nerd. Well, what debate teaches you is how to think, how to analyze quickly, how to speak comfortably and off the cuff. It teaches you research methods. I cannot begin to tell you how valuable that tool was because it also shaped your your thinking in terms of linear logical thought. A, B, C, explanation. It's also, if you want the... unvarnished truth it's it's as much uh a tag team wrestling match as it is uh, as it is this cerebral engagement you are fighting to win your points with a judge over these other folks who are opposing your stand there's nothing more invigorating than outwitting somebody and beating them. there. oh my goodness. So I'm telling everybody out there, if you've got a child, get them involved in forensics because it will, the long lasting effects of the intellectual work, once you start to understand how things work, you carry that if into everything. Um, I can tell you this from high school, and from high school debate, it made it made English class easy. It made every class easy because you didn't have to search. And this is pre-internet, right? You didn't have to search for um, uh, for evidence. You knew where it was, and you knew how to how to find the pieces of evidence that you needed to substantiate your point. You knew how to do that instead of learning that as a freshman in college. No, I've known how to do this in sixth or seventh grade. Crack. I've got a paper due tomorrow. I got this. (laughs) The five paragraph essay, got essay, got that piece of cake. And those are tools that people have to have once they advance into college and grad school, but the earlier you can learn them, the easier it gets. Now, I'm not going to suggest, and I'm not advertising or, or or promoting the idea of waiting until the last minute to write your papers, but having those tools and a framework
1: certainly makes that convenient. <laughs> We're talking with Corey May, the <laughs> world-renowned storyteller. Um, So going back to this social atmosphere at your cop at your high school um was race ever talked about oh yes it was um
0: it was because there are people who had never been around black people and their lack of knowledge made them ignorant and that's the classic sense of the word ignorant like sure. not knowing yeah,
1: not ignorant, having
0: exposure right that's that's a an uphill climb I was nicknamed by some folks from the country uh, I was nicknamed Bill like as in Bill Cosby because that was the only frame of reference that they had
1: Wow
0: now I get it but i have a name yeah but bill right okay whatever the other part of it too was socially i i didn't have a dating life i did uh-huh. not have a dating life didn't date at all in high school so why though i want to well so almost all of the black girls were like sisters.
1: Uh
0: They were fam, right? Right. And even... And and so you grow up around white girls and sometimes there's an attraction, sometimes there's not. You are attracted to what you see. For sure. uh, All the time. And at the same time, just because a... On the other side of that, if if I were going to say this, um, in in a broad spectrum sense, there if if I were white, that's a big if. Uh, if I were white, not every white girl in my high school would have been attractive to me, right? Mm-hmm. So there was a subset of that. And as for the black girls, um, while we were friends, not all of them were interested in me either right so there's friendships there's kindness but there was there was no dating there was no dating and and i have to think that at some point race was involved
1: but what was that it wasn't consciously
0: and well before. we're not having we're not having giant rallies against against the two black guys in 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 our no. class no it was just if somebody wasn't attracted to you a lot of times it was like they're just not attracted to you okay right. life is what it is now things change after people graduate from high school go to college have some experiences get married, divorced, the, the atmosphere changes after we've had some life experience. And for me, most of the people in my high school, I can say I am friendly with.
1: So you never dated anybody like after high school, going back, having left and came back? I didn't say did that. that. Did that? Okay. <laughs> my My fault for assuming? no 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 i, I just i just didn't say that asking it in an assumptive way <laughs> you're good you're all good
0: uh i, I just for our, our our listening and or viewing audience i'm not a guy who kisses and tells Okay. unless unless there's a really good story in it and i'm the butt of the story and then Sorry. in which case i may just tell that
1: <laughs> sounds great so We're going to take some time and many episodes to really get to know each other. Exactly. Um, One of the important things for us in forming this uh, podcast is to start to also talk about from our experience, some of the things that's happening currently in the world. And so to end this, um, is there a topic, you know, that you'd like to speak about in regards to what's happening out there, that we could have a conversation that touches on, you know, the same difference of black and white and race and, and whatever that's happening.
0: I'd also before that gets answered, I want to point out to our listening and viewing audience that JD and I intentionally did not get to know each other. So we can learn about each other during this podcast or as you are viewing it. So we don't talk about our pasts. We talk about our futures in terms of what where we would like this podcast to go. You're going to be meeting both of us through this podcast. As and we if meet. you've got questions, go ahead and send them to us. We'll be able to take care of that and answer those questions. Yes. So you get to meet both of us at the same time we're meeting each other. And Very that's thank you for really that. important. We wanted, We wanted to make sure that this was as authentic as possible. We wanted to make sure that it was real and it was true and honest. This is not scripted. We may answer questions, well, the questions that we will answer going forward will probably be asked and prepared, and the the questions themselves will be asked in advance, but in terms of the answers, the answers are happening live, extemporaneously in front of a live mic, and you are the
1: beneficiaries of all that. Yes. And... You know, we all have stories. You have stories uh, as an audience member. Uh, every single one of us is unique in our own uh, way. We're also all connected. And because of the connection, because there is one energy source that connects us all as well, it's important that in our sharing our stories, we hope we provide something relatable as well as maybe an informative. Uh, opportunity for you to learn something that is existing for other people that you might not have known about and and we're, we're hoping that you approach this with curiosity because we're approaching each other with that level of curiosity and curiosity can open so many doors that you know ignorance and arrogance can shut and that is one of the goals uh certainly that we're we're looking at um
0: i agree with you wholeheartedly yeah so jd yes it's been nice getting to know you i'm looking forward to our second podcast me too same difference third and fourth as well now indeed indeed i wasn't (laughs) trying to put any limits on it (laughs) so for all of you out there Who are listening, I want you to understand that JD has had a unique experience growing up where he did. And because of that, he has a perspective that's going to hold me accountable. And I have a perspective from where I grew up that will allow me to hold JD accountable as well. Yeah. I did not grow up in an urban environment. I did not grow up in the country. I grew up in a university town that was suburban in feel. So my experience is different and unique in many respects
1: as well. Yes, and go ahead. I expect that we will agree on a lot of things. I also expect that we will disagree and I want, to demonstrate when we do that we can disagree. Um, I have maybe less of the trained uh, debate skills that you have, but growing up where I grew up, we certainly debated damn near everything. Right. And I look forward to uh, having some in-depth conversations where we can you know, agree, disagree, and push each other to, new thoughts and 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 whatnot and and really open each other's minds and hopefully that also uh opens up uh some learning opportunities for our audience
0: i agree with you there is nothing more invigorating as far as i'm concerned is to than to have a a genuine authentic conversation and dialogue with a good exchange of thoughts and ideas. We don't have to agree on everything. But in that place where we disagree, my respect for JD and his respect for me will keep us engaged and listen to the disagreement. We can disagree without being disagreeable. Right. And I'm looking forward to every minute of that. This has been Same Difference, episode number one, going back to high school. Yes. We've got stories to tell and hopefully many, many more podcast episodes to bring you. I am Corey May
1: in Iowa City, Iowa. I am J.D. Mass in Florida now, but from University City. St. Louis, Missouri.
0: I hear these guys in University
1: City really, really rep themselves and be proud of that. What's <laughs> up with that? I'm going to make you in the audience sick of hearing you, City. But it is similar to how, uh, to how NWA put Compton on the map, uh, similar to the way the boroughs claim themselves, Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens, you, yes, we uh, we're going to be proudly represented in this podcast. <laughs> oh, man, it's the same, and it's said the same. It's the same. It's the same.
0: Same. Same. Different. Difference.